All right, well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Life Church. If you're fairly new here, my name is Jeremy Smith, lead pastor here. Uh, the older guy that uh, was just before me, uh, he's just a few years older than me, uh, Pastor Prentice. I uh, appreciate you, man. Thank you for that drawing near to the communion table today. We needed that. We needed that. Well, listen, Merry Christmas. This is Sunday before Christmas. It's just six days away, and today wraps up our Advent series, Advent the season that began uh, four weeks ago, and uh, we're going to conclude that today. And let me invite you to turn with me in your Bibles or thumb through your smartphones, your devices to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and then also we're going to be over in 1 John. First uh, John here in just a little bit, First John chapter 4. We'll go there here in just a moment. We are, our series that we, uh, that we call uh, for Christmas is called The Sound of Christmas and uh, built around the Advent themes of hope, peace, joy, and today it will finalize with love and uh, hence all of the songs about love, our worship about the love of God. Let's read some scripture out of Matthew chapter 1. I'm going um, to just basically read this story here. Uh, Matthew 1 verse 1 says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Verse 17. All those listed above, the genealogy listed above, include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. And this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. It says, His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet that said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And chapter 2, verse 1 says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. I want to preach this final message of Advent called Love Came Near. Love Came Near. You know, Advent offers so much. It offers us the opportunity to share in this ancient longing that's been celebrated for so long about the coming of the Messiah and about celebrating His birth and to be on alert for His second coming. You see, we can't just get caught up in that Jesus was born, but we also have to be alert, the Bible tells us, of His second coming, His coming again. 
And that's what Advent offers. It, it's, a, it's a time as we walk through these four weeks of Advent to look back in all of what has happened in celebration, but also to be able to look forward with anticipation. I know as a child, that's that anticipation, and maybe some of us as adults, we still have that going on in our hearts about the looking forward to Christmas morning, the looking forward, what presents are under the tree, which ones have my name on it. I know when my wife and I wrapped a few presents last week and began to put them out under the tree, our children began to look at them and, and pick them up and shake them and told them don't do that but they did it and they were excited oh look at that one that's got my name on it etc etc and so that is what is meant to happen in our hearts in in the spirit is that we have the ability and and the hopeful longing to look forward with anticipation of Jesus returning and coming back to make all things new right to make all things new and it Advent, it's, it has this ability built in within it to link the past and the present and the future. As Matthew wrote in verse 17, 14 generations in three different stages. And I, and I want to zero in for, on that for a moment to set this message up today on love came near. These three stages of 14 generations, it poses three relevant questions for us today. First one is this, what have you gone through in your life only to then experience God's loving arms to carry you through? I think it says 14 generations from Abraham to David shows us a few things to answer that, to show us how they went through some things, how Abraham left for the unknown. God said, Abraham, move. You're going to a place you've never been, you don't know anything about, but I'm going to take you there. Left for the unknown, left his comfort for discomfort to follow God's leading. Joseph endured such crazy hardship in his life, only to then become eventually the second in charge and be a savior to his people. The stuttering Moses standing before such a strong Pharaoh telling him to let my people go. People have gone through some things. The prostitute Rahab hid God's spies to eventually to become in the lineage of Jesus. She became the great-grandmother of King David. Tell me God can't carry you through some things. This story also asks this question. Where have you fallen short only to then experience God's loving Redemption. Truth be told, we have all fallen short. The Bible tells us that's very clear. None of us have arrived. We're not perfect. All have fallen short. But what about you personally? Where have you fallen short to then experience the redemption of God's love? Well, the generations from David to the Babylonian exile share a few lights, share a few thoughts on that. How David himself certainly had his missteps, but it was also said that David had a heart. After God. In our own missteps, it could still be said, they have a heart after God because of redemption. Isaiah, given the task to prophesy during one of the, some of the most darkest days of Israel's civil war, saying, hey, the Messiah is coming in Isaiah 7 and 
then again in 9, the, the Messiah will come. Even in a dark time, the Messiah will be born. Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, was tasked with declaring that God still had a future and a hope even in the midst of God's people's rebellious time. You see, it shows us and it asks that question, where we fall short, God fills in. Where we fall short, the love of Jesus redeems us. And then it asks this third question, how long have you waited only to then experience God's loving strength come through in your life. When you felt like you could not wait anymore, you couldn't hold on anymore, then it seemed like all of a sudden, like the strength of the love of God broke through in your life. And it talks about that from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah, 14 more generations. Ezekiel and Daniel, they had these grand visions that, Man, restoration was going to come again. In the midst of all the turbulent times, God was going to come through. Ezra and Nehemiah rallied to rebuild what was sacred. And then 400 years of silence in the land. No body, no prophet, no voice, no word from God. Generation after generation, silence, only waiting and only wondering, will God breakthrough? Will God speak again? Will God come back to us? Will we hear him anymore? Will we be able to hear anything again? And then finally, what seemed like suddenly, but yet after a long period of time, God broke through and the sound of love in the form of the Messiah, in the form of a baby, in the form of Jesus was born. Love born right in the middle of King Herod's reign, representing a time of cruelty and evil. It just goes to show us that life is not perfect. If we're waiting around for perfect times to come, we're going to have to keep waiting. We're going to have to keep hoping. We're going to have to keep believing. We're going to have to keep praying. We're going to have to keep our faith until Jesus comes again and he will establish a new heaven and a new earth and all things will be brand new. No tear, no pain, no agony, no torment, nothing of that nature will exist ever again, but it will be sure it will just be sheer bliss and pure love that will rule and will finally reign in all things. And that is Jesus coming, saying, I have opened the door. I am preparing the way. I am creating that opportunity to happen in your hearts, as Pastor Prentice said, in the here and the now. Because, see, that's what Advent does. It links the past and the present, but it also tells us about the future, how love changes everything. And then this story with Mary and with Joseph, their natural love story that they shared together, it it actually turns and becomes a supernatural love story of God's love for you and me to show us that, hey, in a time when life is not perfect, the love of God is. The love of God is perfect in this imperfect world. And so regardless of what we may go through, regardless of how we fall short, regardless of how long we have to wait for answers from heaven. 
It shows us that the love of God will carry us, the love of God will redeem us, and the love of God will strengthen us. Love came near. Turn with me and look at this with me in 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 16. It says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God's love carries us. Love coming near in Jesus is God's love coming to carry us. Question, have you put your trust in God's perfect love? It opens up for God to live in you and thus carry you through life in this imperfect life. You see, Mary... In Matthew 1, in this story, Mary was in a place of where she had to come to grips with she trust God's perfect love or would she trust her natural plan of life. In her mind, this, this plan that God had through this message of the angel and through the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit did not make a whole lot of sense. In her mind, that that plan was not perfect. She thought her plan was perfect. What she had set in place. She was at risk and she was putting other people at risk by accepting this. If she accepted this perfect plan of God, it it would be a risk nonetheless. Because you see, this was a time again of darkness, of cruelty, of of, of evil that existed, broken hearts, generational curses going on, man, hatred and division, but in the midst of all that was around in this imperfect world, the perfect love of God was looking for a place to enter. And Mary accepted that. Mary put her trust in the perfect love of God, and as, a, as in so doing, God's love came in, and God's, in the, and God's love carried her. She might have been carrying Jesus, but in, in reality, it was the love of God that was carrying her in this world and in this life. You see, that's what God's love does. God's love carries us through whatever we go through. What are you going through today? What, are you, what have you been going through in, in, in this year? What, what, what has been happening? Maybe it's multiple things. You get through one thing, and you're like, oh man, not another. You, 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 you know, you hope to catch your breath before something else happens. And, and you're like, man, what, what is it? What's going on in your life, in this imperfect world, in this imperfect life that exists that you're going through? If you put your trust in God's perfect love, you will begin to discover we will begin to discover that we're not meant to carry ourselves. We were always meant to be carried by the Savior, His perfect love. Verse 17, 1 John 4. It says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced 
his perfect love. God's love redeems us. Question, are you letting God's love grow more and more in your life? Are you letting his love grow more and more in you? As we let his love grow more and more in us, it has a way of pushing out fear and making more room for redemption to work. You see, because you and I were never meant to be able to redeem ourselves, Humanity cannot redeem humanity. That's why we keep making messes of humanity. We try, but we can't fully redeem. Only the one who can fully redeem is God in the love of Jesus Christ. And the more his love grows in our heart, the more his perfect love grows inside of us, the more fear is pushed out, the more that fear is pushed to the side. And the love of God creates redemption. You know, for Joseph in this story, said he was a righteous man, but he was an afraid righteous man. He might have been a good man, but he was afraid. And he was in this place where he had to make some decisions. And he was about to make the wrong decision. He was about to make the wrong one. He, because he was such a good man, he was not going to make a big deal out of anything. He was just as quietly as possible. He was going to dissolve his relationship with Mary, step away, step aside, and kind of carry on with a different plan of his own because this was not his plan. This was not what he had designed for his life. And you see, fear makes you do funny things sometimes. Not really funny, but it makes you do things. Fear causes you to shrink back. Fear can cause you to accept something other than God's original best for your life. Because we get scared. And fear will make you try to take things into your own hands instead of releasing them and putting them into God's hands. See, fear has a way, man, of just gripping and causing us to go after things, make decisions, get involved in situations, and handle certain things a certain way other than the way God would have done it. And that's what fear will do. See, out of fear, we'll, we'll, we'll create these opportunities and we'll manipulate situations and we'll, we'll, we'll take the bait for certain things and we'll get involved in relationships and we'll go here, we'll make this decision and that decision and we'll do it in haste. We'll do it so quick. We'll do it without thinking. We'll do it without praying. How many decisions have we made that are life-altering that we've made without praying? And I know us Christians are good at saying, man, I prayed about it, but our prayer was more like, God, I'm going to do this, so I hope you're on board with this. I'm offering this softball prayer back to you. But we didn't really pray. We didn't really truly put it into God's hands. And we didn't really surrender it to the Lord and let His perfect love that cast out all fear take over our life. And that's what fear will do. Fear, fear has a way of, of doing that. And that's where Joseph was. He was about to fall short. Joseph was, a, he was trying to take it into his own hands. He was about to fall short. But then the love of God and his redemption steps in and an angel and has a visitation, has a supernatural visitation from an angel. And through that through that exchange between the angel and Joseph, 
redemption took over. Redemption stepped in. Just goes to show you how much God wants to see us trust him. And redemption stepped in. You see, that's the thing about redemption. And it takes our natural and it makes it supernatural. That's the thing about, about redemption, how, how, it, how it takes our, our shortcomings and then turns them around to help us make giant leaps of faith. God's redemption takes things and turns them around. It takes our setbacks and makes them comebacks. See, that's the great thing, the great awesomeness, the beauty, the power, the, the mystery of God's love and redemption. How what you, you, you and I don't deserve the second chances, but God's love through redemption gives us second chances. We don't deserve third chances, but God's love and redemption gives us third chances. We don't deserve 99 chances, but God's love through redemption says, yeah, you get another, you get another, you get another. You, and it's not Oprah, you get a car, you get her. God's like, you get redemption, you get redemption, you get redemption. You you get redemption, you get redemption, you get redemption. But haven't I messed up too many? You get redemption. Can I still conquer and do what God... Yes, you get redemption. And that is what God's love is strong and able to do for you and me. God's love pushes fear out and brings redemption in. And lastly, verse 19. It says, and we love each other. Because he first loved us. God's love strengthens us because he first loved us. You and I are able to love because he first loved us. You and I are able to do and to be because he first came. To us, love came near. In the end of this story, Matthew with Mary and with Joseph, we see how God's love gave Joseph the strength to accept his plan to be the husband to Mary and to be the earthly father to Jesus. And we see how God's love gave Mary the strength to be the mother of the Messiah. I mean, what a big responsibility. She was very, very young, given this huge task. This huge calling, this huge responsibility, this huge privilege to carry him, to care for him, to give birth to him, and to let the love of God begin to grow more and more in her and become great in her. But these two were at a place of questioning. They were wondering, man, could God really finish what he started in me? Have I, have I made too many mistakes? Can, can God's purpose really come to pass in my life this way? Is it too late to accept God's will now? Maybe you're at a place of questioning in your life and in your faith today. Wondering, is it too late? Wondering... Have I done too many bad things? Wondering. I keep, I'm unable to just get on a good cycle, a good, a good pace in life. I, I go up and then I go way down. I take a step forward, but I take two steps back. And it makes you wonder, man, am I ever able, am I ever able, am I going to be able to ever be what I hope to be in my heart? 
They were at a place of questioning. But the only way that good and the answers to come forth were able to happen was because they yielded their life and they accepted what God had for them. And you and I and others are in this place of life, in this imperfect world, in this imperfect life, at a place maybe we might question, maybe we might wonder. They opened their life fully to God, and God fully came and lived in them, and God fully embraced them and changed them and become great in their life. Sure, from then on, they had to go through hardships because in chapter 2, verse 1, it tells us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. On earth, in the natural, life was not perfect. Life was not perfect. But in this imperfect world, the perfect love of God came and began to change everything and began to show us that the perfect love of God will carry us through whatever it is that we have to deal with. The perfect love of God will redeem any and all shortcomings you and I have in our life. The love of God, the perfect love of God will strengthen you for the long haul of life. Will you stand to your feet? On this Christmas Eve, it's not Eve, but I say Eve, the, Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, we're at a place where we feel the imperfect things of this life. What parts of life are what to you might feel like they're shattered? What parts of your life feel like they are broken? What parts of your life may you feel like you are just exhausted? What parts of your life where you feel like, man, I don't know what else to do in this situation. I don't know how I can repair it. I don't know how I can fix it. I don't know how I can mend it. I don't, even, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I know what I would hope for it to be, but I don't know what and how things are going to come together. Maybe more internal inside, in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. The things you feel, the thoughts you think. The emotions that run through you at this time of Christmas. The only guarantee, the only place that you will find what your heart is in need of, what your soul is in need of. It's not more material things. It's not anything that you and I can feel with our own hands. But it is about the love of Jesus, the love of God that He has for each and every one of us, that it would come near and come within. And maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah, I know that. I believe that. That's happening to me. That has happened to me. But maybe you need to let 
the love of God be awakened inside of you. You know, they say, let sleeping babies lie. Let's wake the love of Christ up. Because I believe if that's you, you just need it to be awakened. You need it to be fresh again. You need the love of God to warm your cold heart. You need the love of God to embrace your heart. You need the love of God to remind you that you are not too far gone. You need the love of God to remind you that his purpose will prevail. You need the love of God to encourage you today and to remind you today and to reassure you today that you are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not your shortcomings. You are who God says you are. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are his beloved. And he has had you on his mind ever before you were ever born. Even before coming to this world, he was already thinking of you and preparing for your arrival. Just like we practice preparing for his. He knows you. He's got you. And he loves you. Will you bow your heads? I want to pray with you today as we come to a close. Heavenly Father, we honor you and we thank you today that you, we just believe you know all things. You know everything. You know how we feel. You know what's going on. You know what's happening. You know the the struggles we have. You know you're aware of our setbacks. Lord, you know what we, the weights we've been under, the burdens we've been carrying. You see where we are weak. And so today we, we intentionally and purposely come to you. You came on purpose here to us. And today we are coming near to love today. And so, Lord, all the things in our life, spirit, soul, and body, we come to you. And we just surrender it all to you, Lord. Our, our sins, we confess them. Our faults, we don't hide them. The heaviness that we carry, we want to exchange that for your peace. Where we are weak, oh God, where we are just unable to make it on our own. Where we might have tried, but we keep coming up short. We're just weak. We recognize in our weakness, you are made strong. So all of the things in our life today, we come to you. We acknowledge the gift of love, the perfect love of God that is in Christ Jesus today. Come live inside of us. Come fill us. Come forgive us. Come redeem us. Come and deliver us. Come and set us free. Come and make us new. Come, enlighten our load. Come, be our guide, be our leader, be our Lord. We surrender it all to you today, Jesus. And in exchange, hope, peace, 
joy, and love are ours. We receive all of that today. We honor you. We thank you for loving us, caring for us, holding us, keeping us, and helping us. And may we go and love because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.